Welcome back, guys, to Sports Gumbo featuring Eric Pierre, episode four. Eric, how was your Christmas, man? Uh, Chris, Christmas was good, you know, ate a lot, hung out South Florida, you know, about to head to Las Vegas to celebrate someone's birthday. Ooh, Ooh, nice. I know, man, it's expensive, man. But you know what? I am blessed financially, and it's nice to be able to celebrate life. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, well let's talk NBA today. Um, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we wrapped up the in-season tournament, which the Los Angeles Lakers uh, won that tournament. But very intriguing. There was, you know, the, the NBA did a great job marketing with the courts. Especially the Houston Rockets. H-Town! Yeah, the yeah the court was sick, mate. And uh, I thought it brought a little bit of enthusiasm to the regular season, which it 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 typically it lacks up until Christmas. But what was your overall thoughts of the end season tournament? I guess I also love the memes out there where they said LeBron got to do something Michael Jordan never did, which was leave Las Vegas up half a million. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then I, I, you know, and for the first time, ESPN and TNT did uh, some content together. So it was nice to see Stephen A with Charles, Kenny, Chuck, and Shaq. So I thought that was cool. I think I think it was overall good for the fans. Um, you know, I think the players took it seriously because you know, the winning team each player gets half a million now for LeBron. It's probably just another car, but for the twelfth guy, that's like you know a third or half their salary. So you know. I think it's good for the it's good for the game. It was good for fan engagement. You know, I was at one of those games in Houston um, along the way, and I think it's just um, it's just good to have the regular season have some sort of intensity. Now, some people are be laughing at Lakers for hanging the banner, but it is an NBA title. Now, it does not mean that it makes LeBron greater than Michael, but it's nice to add some excitement. You know, because basketball, uh, the NBA is a long season and. Otherwise, this time of year before Christmas, as I said earlier, the season's kind of boring, and most of us really don't follow the NBA until Christmas Day when they give us the buffet of matchups since we're stuck in the NFL right now. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, for our listeners out there, I, I played 16 years in the UK, and uh, one, and this is where this model was adopted from because in particular from the league that I played in, the British Basketball League, uh, during the regular season, there were two types of competitions. There was the cup competition and then the trophy competition. And so there's an opportunity for you to win, which we call hardware during the season. And I always loved it because it energizes the season, as you saw with the NBA. But then also it gives a fan base hope, right? Like, you know, at the beginning of the NBA season, the first month in, you know, which teams doesn't have a chance to win the championship. And so for those teams, for those fan base, it gives them an opportunity to stay engaged, as you mentioned, and stay motivated and stay hopeful because in this competition, anything can happen because it's not the long haul of the season. All it takes for a good team is to get a couple of injuries and they're knocked out of this competition. And so you saw a team like Indiana, a team that you would never see in the NBA finals who made it to the in-season tournament finals. That's what I was thinking. And, you know, we, the, uh, as fans, we were introduced to, I think the person that walked away, I think, with the most to gain was Tyrese Halliburton. Now, if you're a real basketball fan, you would know who he is, but casual fans got to, got to learn who he is, and he's been an exceptional 
Drew, you and I follow the NBA closely. He's been an exceptional basketball player. And it was fun. He did the he mocked Dame celebration uh, yeah. uh, in, in, on the way uh, in Milwaukee to qualify, uh, you know, actually in the semifinal game in Vegas, he mocked his Dame time. And so I think Tyrese Halliburton, his brand has, his stock has skyrocketed. If I was to invest in a stock, I would invest in Tyrese Halliburton. We've heard about him for years. You know, we've heard that the uh, Kings uh, shouldn't have traded him. And now you got to see why, you know, trading, uh, you know, the Pacers traded some bonus for Halliburton. Now you see what's going on. I would do that deal if I was in Indiana, 10 out of 10, uh, w- once every day and twice on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> Halliburton is, he's a future star. And we got to, we got to see him. And of course, LeBron being great. He's always been great. And he shot phenomenally from three point range. We're just reminded of, LeBron's greatness and crunch time. I mean, a, a lot of us older fans remember LeBron coming small against Dallas Mavericks in 2011. But overall, LeBron's got a great playoff resume. If he if he didn't go get if he didn't go up against the, those great Warrior teams, he'd have six or seven rings, and we would talk about him closer to Jordan. But you know, LeBron put on an incredible performance. But I think Tyrese Halliburton is who everybody came away impressed with, and. You know, I guess if I were to buy a jersey, I probably would buy a Halliburton jersey. A great point that you made up because we know how the NBA operates, right? They always say no one puts stock into the regular season. And so in order to become a superstar, you got to perform in the playoffs. And so if this in-season tournament would had not been going on, Tyrese Halliburton name wouldn't be as hot as it is because people would just be saying it's just the regular season. But because he did it, in a pressurized environment with something on the line, he performed that that kind of ignited him into superstar status. But also you made a great point as well about LeBron and like, I'm a Jordan fan and I will always think that Jordan is the best, but I just walked away from the competition just thinking, man, LeBron James has won everything. Anytime it's an opportunity for him to answer the bell, he does it. And so although he will never be number one in my books, I mean, I, I respect the brother and everything that he does, man. Yeah, I mean, I um, I I've played in LeBron's shoes, but I'm more of a Jordan guy myself. I have way more Jordan sneakers than LeBron, um, but I would say LeBron's a top five player. I actually would probably, I might put a lot Hakeem above LeBron. That's another day why I have the advanced Ooh, metrics. Come on, I can now. pull the advanced come metrics. Come on now, I have the advanced. I have the advanced met. I can pull them for you right now. Not going to, but um, Jordan is definitely number one. Uh, I think Hakeem Olajuwon is definitely underrated. Hakeem has never played. My one thing I will caveat, Hakeem has never played overall with the caliber teammates of LeBron James or Michael Jordan has. If Hakeem didn't have such dysfunctional ownership under Charlie Thomas, Olajuwon would have probably five or six rings himself. Well, let me ask you this, because I'm a Lajuan fan as well. I grew up in Houston, Texas, and I went to the celebration when they won back-to-back. Do the Rockets go back-to-back if Michael Jordan hadn't retired? Yes. Yes. Wow. You want me to tell you? And the reason I'm going to say, hold on. Kenny Kenny Smith said this on Draymond's podcast. The, The first three Bulls teams... And 94, 95, when Michael wasn't there. And don't forget, Michael did play in 95 and put up better numbers than he did in the second 3P. In 95, they lost to Orlando with Shaq. They were not as good inside 
defensively until they signed Rodman. Rodman made them tougher. So those two years, I believe that the Rockets would have won. But Kenny admitted once they had Rodman, they were tougher inside, and they would have had a, a, a way to slow down. You can't stop Elijah, but you can slow, they can slow him down. But they didn't have the bodies from 91 to 95 slow down. In 95, they lost in six games to Orlando Magic team when Michael averaged over 35 points a game, the same Orlando Magic team that uh, Elijah on the drugs just swept. So that's my answer. And this, I'm going to trust Kenny Smith, who was roommates with Michael at UNC. I'll go. I'll trust his opinion more than mine. Okay, well, we'll save that debate for another day. But let's move this on to the financial implications, as we always do here on Sports Gumbo. We want to we want to get inside your brain, use your expertise, Eric, as a CPA. And with the end season tournament, the winner which was the Los Angeles Lakers walk home. Each individual player walked home with $500,000. Now, it might not seem 500 a lot racks, like baby. 500. And that might not seem a lot to someone like LeBron James, but there's guys at the end of the bench who made more than 50% their season wage by that victory. But the first thing that I want you to do before that, Eric, is I want you to talk about Let's use the Lakers to stay in California. I want to, our fans, listeners out there, break down how much money they actually walk away with. But before that, I want you to describe what is a jock tax. Okay, so I don't have the jock tax in front of me right now for Las Vegas. I think it's like 2 3%. If, if I misquote, please forgive me. I don't deal with taxes out there. But basically, if you're an entertainer or an athlete, Every city and municipality, when you come and perform, they tax you because they can. Okay. That's just what they do. It's the cost of doing business. You're going to be an athlete. You're going to be an entertainer like Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Jay Z. You paid a jock or entertainer tax. Just another way for them to get your money into their pockets. Now you can actually, with some tax mitigation, get some of that money back. But on the front end, they take it. So if we're going to stay with the Los Angeles Lakers, you have the 37%. Uh, federal tax, right? You're going to have most of these guys are millionaires. You get the millionaire tax, 13%. And then you're going to have the the jock tax in Nevada. Um, so you're looking at probably 55%. And then hopefully these guys didn't pay the stripper tax, which you can't write off <laughs> over there. But, oh. <laughs> uh, you know. but I do go to Vegas for business and you know you should see your hotel bill. I mean, God, I... There's so many taxes, uh, like a hotel room is like 200. You have the resort fee. You got Cousin Ray Ray fee. You got turn on the light fee in Las Vegas. I mean, it's just Vegas. They just do a good job. I mean, you might as well just be right. You just might just do this and uh, just be like, hey, take my take my money. You know, just take it. Just take it. From a tax preparation standpoint, it sounds like it could be very um, – uh, what's the word that complex when you're preparing for an athlete? Because you, so for example, if I'm in the NBA, do you have to look at all 41 road games that I played in or how would you go about preparing that? Yeah. Your, your W2 is going to be like this long <laughs> because for every, you know, the NBA, the, every team's responsible for remitting those taxes, whether, you know, the jock tax, New York, or Texas, Nevada, 
wherever they play, there's city taxes, jock taxes, baby mama taxes, baby daddy taxes, <laughs> Joe mama tax. I mean, whatever they are. Um, yeah, these guys, you know, for traveling, they end up filing multiple state income taxes. Now, most of them, most of those states, they're going to be filing what's called non-resident returns. But yeah, some of these taxes are not refundable depending on, for instance, if you live in New York City, that New York City tax, you can't apply for a refund. They got your money in New York City. Um, so it's um, it's very it's very expensive to be an athlete. I mean, they make a lot of money. In the words of Patrick, you know, we make a lot of money, but instead of spending a lot of money, they tax a lot of money. Uh, and because they don't have a business, they got to pay that money up front. So that 500000 Drew, may end up being like two hundred fifteen for someone like LeBron James. Um, maybe for a guy in the bench, it may be like three fifteen. It just depends on their tax bracket because, you know, if you're single, you're at the highest tax bracket federally at six hundred thousand. If you're married, it's seven fifty. And so, because it's incremental, depending on your income. Now, LeBron's already at the highest bracket, so that five hundred thousand is going to be taxed at the highest bracket, state and federally. It, it, it's it, it, you know, it, it, it's not going to make it's not going to make or break him. Tax-wise, it's not – for the kind of dollars he brings in, that tax money is not a big deal versus a guy at the end of the bench that's barely making a million dollars. That's a bigger deal. Now, you mentioned about single versus married. That that married number, is that a combined income or is that an individual income? Yeah, combined income, yeah. So you you and your wife, if you do marry, file, and joint, yeah, I think it's 750 is where you get to the highest tax bracket. A guy like me, so I'm married, 600000 So this country is encouraging you to get married, by the way. So just thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> it's cheaper to keep her, y'all. Yeah, that is absolutely correct. And we know there's a lot more things that come with being married as well, like nails, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, thank you for breaking that all down for us. But I don't know about you. Eric, but I mean, I'm still, regardless of how much you get taxed being an athlete and one of the highest paid players in the NBA, such as a Steph Curry, who's making about 50 mil, I'm still going to choose that career, regardless if I walk away with, you know, 22 million. Hey, listen, I would choose that career too. I love what I do, but if I could get paid millions of dollars, even just to wear a suit at the games as a 12th man, I would take that every day. <laughs> You get paid to work out. They fly you in fancy planes. You get to eat the best food. You get the best medical care in the NBA. Yeah, you take that every day. Yeah, man, that's right. But, uh, yeah, well, before we get out of here, like every week, guys, we want to make sure that, you know, when you tune into the Sports Gumbo, not only are you entertained by the conversation of sports, but also – um, you know, we're always bringing financial implications into here to teach you about uh, finances and how much these athletes really walk away. But last but not least, our guy, our host, Eric Pierre, always gets us out of here with the tax tip of the week. What you got for us, big fella? All right. Basically, uh, just a reminder, if you know, we know some of the athletes, even though they make a lot of money, it's still better to be a business owner than an athlete making the same money. Because while the athletes, they're millionaires, the owners are billionaires, and they get way more tax write-offs for their money versus, like, LeBron James is, I think his net worth is a billion. 
but a lot of his money is on the court. He's not getting any of the write-offs as Steve Ballmer, who's the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers, or even Tillman Fertitta in Houston, who's making billions as the owner. He gets to write off the arena, the marketing, player salaries. They, they can write off the, the uh, charter planes. They're getting a lot. They're paying a lot less percentage taxes than the on-field talent. So it's better to own than have somebody rent your talents. So thought I passed that along. Basically, what he's saying, ladies and gentlemen, is the more you make, the bigger the break. The more, to, <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Where can people? Where can the listeners find you on social media, Eric? All right, so on uh, Instagram, it's like I am your favorite CPA. Twitter, your fave CPA. That's where you find me. And my accounting firm website is www.pierreaccounting.com. Uh, like Dion, I'm not that hard to find. If you Google Eric Pierre CPA, I'm a 6A black accountant here in Austin. There's not many of me. So you can even see me in the streets out here in ATX or Leasy. And there you go, guys. Make sure you go online. Give our guy a follow. You can find me at Drew Lasker 21. Get into our DMs. Uh, you know, ask us a question on Twitter. Anything you want to be featured on the Sports Gumbo. But until then, guys, we will catch you guys in 2024. Happy New Year to all of our listeners out there. Until next time, peace. <laughs>